0: Welcome back, everyone. Today, we're going to explore a topic for the first time, uh, really go deeper into the area of artificial intelligence or AI, and that is certainly something that has been out in the public domain, uh, growing awareness of that. Uh, Boy, back in 2001, there was a movie that was actually made uh, with that title, but this is really a compelling technology that is reshaping the future. For business and for everyone. And we're going to dive in and explore this a bit more. And in preparing for today's show, I actually went back to look at some of the projections about the impact of artificial intelligence. And I found a really interesting prediction from Forrester. This was back in 2017. And Forrester predicted at that time that businesses that use artificial intelligence and related technology to reveal new insights will steal $1.2 trillion per annum from their less informed peers by 2020. So the idea here was that uh, it was time for companies to really embrace AI. They better embrace AI, or they were at risk of really just losing out uh, in a significant way. When you're into the trillions, uh, pretty significant. So, really excited to dive in uh, and We're going to have Christy DeCura, who's a business development leader for NVIDIA. And NVIDIA is a really fascinating company. NVIDIA describes itself on its website as delivering supercharged computing for the Da Vinci's and the Einsteins of our time. So that really starts uh, giving you a feel for the kind of innovation that really fuels uh, the company and just some examples of that innovation. They were the inventors of the Graphics Processing Unit, or GPU, back in 1999. And NVIDIA has evolved that GPU into really what they describe as a computer brain at the intersection of virtual reality, high-performance computing, and, of course, artificial intelligence. And from the world's largest supercomputers to really vast data centers that power the cloud, Their new computing model is really helping to answer some of the most complex questions, discovery of new science, and bringing amazing capabilities to mobile devices. So really, really broad reach from the the original focus, which was really to transform the gaming space. And so now, some of the world's largest industries that include transportation, healthcare, logistics, manufacturing, robotics, smart cities, retail, all across the board, They're all tapping into accelerated computing to bring AI to the edge. So we're going to explore that a bit more with Christy. So let me give you a bit of a background. Christy has a very, very strong background in technology. She really started in the electrical construction space, but transitioned into the data solutions design area about 20 years ago when she joined Cisco as a systems engineer. And her specialty was in converged communications She was able to build on that to move into corporate business development, where she grew strategic engagements in Asia. Included in that was a stint over in India. And then uh, she was able to join Cisco's worldwide connected real estate practice. And uh, as part of that, uh, she was helping support large-scale smart building projects. Christy also was able to take her passion for new technology into other areas. She was able to dive into technical sustainability as the vice president of engineering at Optimum Energy, a company focused on HVAC optimization of power and water consumption. And then uh, a couple of years after that, she joined NVIDIA, where now she's working with a company I think all of you have heard of, that's called Amazon, on the next generation of Internet of Things, and AI solutions at the edge. So really, really thrilled to have Christy join us today to dive into AI. Christy, welcome to Market Impact Insights.
1: Well, thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you today. I um, really really appreciate it.
0: So Christy, you've been in the tech space for virtually your entire career. I'm, I'm curious to kind of go back to the beginning. What really drove your interest to go down that technology path? And what are some of the most rewarding things that uh, you've been able to experience as a result of that?
1: Well, as you mentioned, uh, Dan, I started in the construction industry, and what got me there really was I was one of those kids in school that liked math and science, and I had a teacher tell me, you know, right when it was time to start thinking about college, well, you should go in engineering. So that sounded good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after I graduated, um, I did. I got a job with electrical subcontractor, and that doesn't sound so glamorous, but I learned a lot and. Um, I paid attention to the low volta- uh, low volta- uh, voltage business. And, you know, that was really interesting to me because it was uh, the low vo- voltage business that was really getting a lot of attention at the time. So I kind of went set off to learn as much as I could about the hardware that was connecting those wires. And back then, and I say back then, because who remembers hubs and switches uh, outside of routers? And that's what we were connecting these wires with. So I learned as much as I could about them, and that's what led me to Cisco.
0: Yeah, and you were able to take on a lot of different roles there, and, and that included spending some time outside of the U.S., right, in a, in a whole different kind of experience. And I'm, I'm curious, Christy, you know, looking back on that, were there some really valuable um, insights you were able to take out of your time uh, working abroad?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, just backing up just a bit, you know, you asked me about what was the most rewarding about that path. And you know, when it doesn't seem that electrical construction was so I, ideal upon graduation, it really laid the foundation for me to move into these smart buildings. And I'm still leveraging what I what I did way back then um, today, as we're looking at solutions for the built environment. So, you know, it's been very rewarding as I've set off into these different opportunities to just kind of see everything build upon itself. So, you know, what was probably most insightful in in being based in India is seeing the consumption and willingness to take on technology. There was so much motivation and excitement around it. It was a lot easier to talk about technology solutions. And when you're introducing new things, that was a good place to be.
0: Absolutely. Well, let's jump in to artificial intelligence, and obviously, it's gotten a lot of press. Um, there's this perception that uh, you know more and more companies are really figuring out how how this is going to transform uh, either their processes, um, their services. I mean, just everything across the board. Everyone seems to be talking about it, but really trying to get underneath and understand it can be very challenging. Christy, can you help break it down into the most simplest terms from a business perspective? What exactly is AI and what are some of the most compelling implications that it has for business?
1: Yeah, so AI, you know, in its simplest form is, you know, it's technology that in some way demonstrates human intelligence. And so this can be anything, Dan, from problem solving, learning, or motion. And this is just to name a few. But, you know, AI shows up regularly and um, even just in our day-to-day lives as it's used to recommend what we should buy next online. Um, You may also be using some form of a virtual assistant within your home or works, whether that be Amazon Alexa or Apple Surrey. But those types of um, technologies, those are examples. Those examples demonstrate an area of AI that utilizes machine learning. And so machine learning is where systems fed large amounts of data and then uses that data to make decisions or carry out a specific task. So as you mentioned earlier in the introduction, um, you talked a little bit about GPUs and machine learning has had some real significant breakthroughs in recent years. And part of that's been driven by this huge availability of data now, but it's also been driven by an explosion of parallel computing, which is fueled by GPUs. And so that's what my work with Amazon does. I really support their need for GPUs in the AWS cloud, as well as you know, embedded opportunities at the edge.
0: Great. And so when we think about how AI is transforming, how business gets done, can you talk about any of the compelling research that's been done, some examples to kind of show that transformative impact?
1: Yeah, you know, um when you think about some of the research, I think, you know, really for me it's probably, you know, easier to talk about stuff that we see and you know, people see in in everyday and there's so many um impacts of technology uh in the workplace. But I'd say if we just talk right now about personal experience, the most transformative so far, I'll I'll, I'll say that is autonomous shopping. And I know you mentioned the the impact in different industries and retail being one, but um, autonomous shopping. I mean, who would have thought, Dan, that we could walk into a store, grab what we want, leave, and then get correctly charged for that experience? Um, Technology there, I mean, that is a through and through AI implementation. And that technology has effectively removed the friction from the shopping experience. And it is revolutionizing retail. And when you talk about you know, what's what's the data supporting that, I think in most of these transformative technologies, the, the impact is demonstrated with all the fast-following activity. So there's been a burst of similar solutions popping up, whether that be from cloud service providers, startup companies, but also from traditional retailers like Walmart. And um, you know I don't know how... how close you are to Amazon services, but Amazon has even put in their own service offering that technology. And that's called just walk out. So if you have a business, Dan, you have a, you know, your own, you know, uh, convenience store, you can employ that same technology at your store and get that service from Amazon today.
0: Wow. You know, I am thinking about personal experiences. And of course, what is one of the most irritating the parts of the retail experience is that traditional checkout line, either the weight or the inefficiency. So what you're really saying, Christy, is well, we can skip the line and uh, be a lot more efficient and happier uh, and get the stuff we really want.
1: Yeah, and, and probably skipping the line causes us to buy things, a lot more things we don't need.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so buying, the whole buying mentality, buying behaviors, you know, really transform over time as people get more used to the idea of a, of a new way to shop.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great example. Great example there. Um, are there any other examples you'd bring in from from any of the other uh, types of uh, industries we talked about earlier?
1: Well, I mentioned uh, a little bit earlier when we talked about recommendation engines, um, you know, there's, a, we're, we're all victim of recommendation engines. Um, and I'd say there's two other areas that you'll see a lot of attention to natural language translation, which is employed by the technologies that these virtual assistants of Alexa or Siri. And then another area there's a huge burst of activity in is computer vision. So computer vision is is the type of technology you get in an Amazon Go, Dan, and that's I walk into a store and they're tracking my dwell time. Where am I standing in the store? What type of products am I standing in front of? And it's, those types of um, tracking activities can also be used for security and mm-hmm. you know, there's other yeah. features. So this isn't only for retail. You know, you mentioned some other industries. This type of technology can be um, used very well for healthcare. We see a lot of implementations of this in smart cities, traffic patterns, um, and that's huge in safety and security. So I think that when you break it down to those areas of language and vision, that's where you'll see a lot of activity and consumption of AI.
0: Man, it almost seems like the list is endless when you think about where this can really have an impact. And there obviously are major benefits, but I'm curious, Christy, are there some continuing obstacles to getting even faster, more widespread adoption of machine learning and AI?
1: That's a great question because there's so many customers and you know individuals that are eager to take this technology on. But the obstacles that we have are sometimes it's with the data because we need a lot of data to train models. So if we're talking about um, some type of image recognition, imagine how much data you need to put into the engine in order to teach it to recognize that's a cat, that's a dog. So I would say some of the limitations are, one, the data that we train our models on, and then the data scientists that really help us understand what to do with that data.
0: Right, and of course, as a job title, data science and data scientists, I've seen that just become a lot more prevalent. Right, isn't that a whole new, whole new area, right, or role that is popping up within uh, within different organizations?
1: Oh, absolutely! I think that that's um, you know everybody needs a data scientist these days because data has become vitally important to the business. Just as you mentioned about that, um, citing Forrester in the beginning. Data is the key to being able to evolve your business, but it's what to do with that data that will give you that true edge.
0: Right. And so we're talking a little bit about what's happening in terms of new roles Mm -hmm. in the workforce. Obviously, there's some new skill sets. There's some new capabilities that as AI becomes more broadly adopted, there's going to be some new skill sets for the workers that are going to really be necessary. What are examples of some of those?
1: You know, for me, it breaks down into two, just two. And the first one being the visionary. I mean, you really need to build a skill set of being a visionary. And that means being creative and abs- being a creative, abstract problem solver. I think there's not many people like that today. Um, we get so mired up in the weeds of our day to day. How many of us are really that creative? Um, so that's a skill set I think everybody needs to really hone. But if we can help those that are being educated to really understand that impact of that on the future, that's huge. So that'd be the first one. The second one is the builders. So those that really know how to make that vision a reality. So those those are the two areas that I see that we need to focus on in the future for you know the adoption to continue at, at the rate, if not exceed where we currently are, and it will, it'll go up, but we need those visionaries and we need those builders.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. As you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, the state of education today. And, you know, you think about the workforces of tomorrow and, and really the importance of within the curriculum, are, are schools really spending enough time on helping to develop that creative problem solving and the visionary capabilities, Right you know, how is that being developed? Um, And so it seems like the two are very strongly connected.
1: I agree. And uh, probably these days, it's the parents. It's the parents. Are the parents really helping those kids be more creative?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think uh, in homes uh, across the world, uh, parents are exhibiting creative problem solving as best they can. That for sure.
1: I, I completely agree. I completely agree.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Christy, you obviously work with a lot of smart people in developing very advanced technology solutions. And sometimes it can be a challenge inside of organizations that have all those smart people to prioritize because there's usually just more great ideas than can possibly be executed well, mm-hmm. right? So I'm curious uh, from your perspective, what has been the secret to really keeping the great ideas coming? but then ensure that that last mile of execution that turned the ideas into real action happens?
1: Well, um, you probably wouldn't be surprised if I say it's money. And you know what? I say that half joking, Um, but let me give you an example. So we, we do a lot of different things, but what I've seen to be the most interesting is NVIDIA works with AWS to host hackathons. And in these events, Dan, we we invite literally anyone with the skills to take part in the contest. And and what they need to, all they need to do is think about a problem and build their own solution. So let me describe it a little bit more. We set up a scenario and we provide a data set, and then um, participants bring their ideas to to the scenario and the data set. So AWS will then provide the infrastructure for the teams to build their vision and. They literally hack at it for the time period that we've set up for that event. So we've got cash prizes as the carrot. And you would not believe the innovation that unfolds. It really is astounding to see what people can do as a team or as individuals in a short period of time. And, you know, some of those ideas that have come out of these um, and these these events have even been, uh, they've led on to collaborative engagements with AWS or the scenario, you know, that we usually have a company that comes up and say, hey, here's a problem that we have. And some of those teams have gone on to do collaborative engagements. It's it's really been quite interesting. And um, we are, uh, you know, I can let you know the details at the end, but we will be hosting another one of these at the end of um, end of July. It will be virtual and it will go through August. And just to let you know, the grand prize is fifteen thousand dollars. So this is it's not small apples. Yeah, and that's a grand prize. There's still a second prize and a third prize, and um, it you know money does motivate. But I I have been astounded to see what has come out of these types of events. It's pretty cool.
0: I think when you open up an opportunity, you you know I think of it in terms of democratizing the um, idea generation process and and have the company benefit from that, but also provide a meaningful incentive. And especially in times like like now that we're in, where uh, people are um, really focused on, on financial matters. I mean, it really makes a lot of sense. It kind of a win-win scenario.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, Christy, you're in a critical customer-facing role at NVIDIA. And we talk all the time, highly innovative companies typically are very customer-focused. They rely on customer input feedback um, to help fuel that innovation and I'm curious how that plays a role at NVIDIA, how, how you leverage the customer insights, customer needs that actually benefits uh, the, the kind of output that NVIDIA is able to produce.
1: Yeah, I, I would say that throughout my career, solving customers' problems has always been at the heart of innovation, I mean, truly listening to your customer always leads, always leads to a mutually beneficial outcome. You know, and this is evidenced by the success of companies or individuals that put the customer experience first. And I think a lot of people know about, you know, the, the values of, of Amazon and they really support in every aspect the customer experience. So even the technologies we've discussed today, whether it be like recommendation engines, the personal assistance, autonomous shopping, all of those, Those were created to solve a problem or improve an experience. So that's kind of the focus is the customer.
0: And it really is relentless, right? It's not a a single point in time. The idea is to have some sort of a process where you can continue to get that that loop, that feedback loop, right? Mm -hmm. That, That constantly then gets played back to the customer and then it kind of rolls around again, right? So it is a kind of a continuous process
1: yeah absolutely
0: okay. well, as we begin to wrap things up, Christy, when you think about artificial intelligence, what gets you the most excited about the future?
1: Well, the technology offered by AI offers tremendous impact on business. Um, you know we've discussed just a little bit of what really is actually happening today but what what excites me the most Dan? about you know, the future of AI is this impact on humanity. I mean, AI can enable us to be better in many ways, even if that's just automating tasks that remove the drudgery from our lives. I mean, I'm waiting for that bot that comes out that's cleaning the kitchen, and that means like the dishes and the floors. Um, but you know, <laughs> yeah. in all seriousness, I mean, we can, taking those types of elements away, we can then spend more time with our families. We can make more uh, meaningful contributions at work, and we can be more creative and make creative contributions to our society. So I really think that that's what's exciting to me is how this will evolve to impact us to free us up to do more.
0: I loved hearing you talk about that and kind of the human impact there, because so often we talk about advanced technologies, There, there's always an element sometimes of fear and, and hesitance, you know, in terms of, gosh, is this going to reduce the humanity in terms of process. If we automate, right, we take people out of the equation and then it rolls from there, snowballs from there in terms of the negative side of it. But there's really this compelling other side that is how does our humanity get further enabled by the fact that we're able to leverage this? And so I love that, that you focused on that side of the equation.
1: Yeah, I, I think that that's something we all need these days is staying focused on the positive. And um, there surely is a huge upside with implementing these technologies in our lives.
0: So, Christy, you mentioned earlier the hackathon. Is, is there any additional uh, resources or information you want to point uh, our audience to if they want to find out more about that?
1: Well, thanks, Dan. Um, you can go to the website. It's called environmentalhack.com. Uh, again, that's just environmentalhack.com. And that show that shows you the layout for what we're going to be launching in July. And it'll even give you some information from the last one that we conducted last summer in New York. And that that one was a face-to-face, like everyone got together, but um this next one we're embarking on the virtual experience.
0: Fantastic. I can't wait to see some of the great ideas that come out of that event. And Christy, thank you for joining us today, sharing your experiences, insight. Artificial intelligence, it's here to stay and it is continuing and will continue to have a huge impact on our future. So, thanks again for joining.
1: Thank you, Dan. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you and thanks to those of you who have listened.
0: All right. And a reminder to all of you if you like this podcast, your feedback is really important. Please go out, rate, and review Apple podcasts. You'll find Market Impact Insights. That's the easiest way to do that. It just takes a few minutes and it's really valuable for us to hear your feedback. And also, As always, make sure to visit marketimpactnow.com for the latest in business leadership perspectives. So long until next time.